0: For sports content from the biggest leagues and competitions across the world, look no further than Reuters Connect, Reuters' online news content platform. Reuters Connect makes finding the sports content you need easy, whether it's in-depth reporting from Reuters journalists or access to video highlights from around the world. Bring the world of sport directly to your workplace with Reuters Connect. For more information and a free trial, visit reutersconnect.com. Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Ricardo. Each week, we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rulemakers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. Sports professor Rick Harrow inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports. Gets bigger every day. And focus on the deal-making issues this week, like every week. Three to one. Three. Sony's sports business includes Hawkeye, Pulse Live, and others have appointed two new executives to its C-suite to push for a more prominent role in sports technology. Michael Markovich, Tracy Kitt, assume the new positions of Chief Commercial Officer and Chief Technology Officer, respectively. Hawkeye Innovations forms a key part of Sony's sports business, delivering best-in-class officiating, broadcast, and digital solutions for sporting events. Pulse Live creates, develops, and manages digital platforms that reach millions of sports fans' rugby, cricket, World Cup websites, UK's Premier League, Android apps, and Apple. On top of that, Sony's spending an additional billion to purchase a 3% stake in Epic Games as they strive to help build the metaverse. Last year, Sony Group Corporation, parent company of Sony Music, spent 200 million US to acquire a 0.7% stake in the Fortnite making now Bandcamp owning games company. That investment followed a heftier stake in acquisition in 2020 when Sony spent 250 million to acquire equity in Epic worth about 1.5% of its business, clearly big deals. Two. Number 2. The NBA Players Association talks about expansion and talking about Vegas and Seattle. They're in favor of the NBA expanding beyond the league's current 30. Comments came Tuesday during Sport Techies' State of the Industry Conference at One World Trade Center in New York City. Vegas is a potential NBA expansion city, given Oakview Group's plan to build and compete, complete 20,000-seat arena by 2026 and T-Mobile that currently exists. And if they, the NBA, made a commitment to Vegas at some point in the future, the building would be built so it would be spectacular for the NBA, Tim Lewicki told the Vegas Review-Journal in March. Not just the way it operates, meeting and exceeding their standards, but in a way economically it could generate revenue for an NBA team. Seattle. Home to NBA Supersonics from 67 to 2008. Another city, rumored to be a front runner. What does it all depend on? Obviously, facilities. We'll get to that in our feature interview with HKS's global director for facilities, among other things, in a couple of minutes. One. Another facility issue. American Airlines Center adds two autonomous checkout stores powered by standard A1 cameras. AI, Artificial Intelligence, American Airlines Center in Dallas, home to the Mavericks and NHL Stars, partnering with Standard AI to open these. The new grab-and-go market now open in the arena's terrace level, while a larger storefront on the main concourse debuts later this month. Their ceiling-mounted cameras recognize shoppers as they enter the store and identify the products they, they grab I- inside. And computer vision cameras automatically registered those items into a mobile app that patrons download to check out. Company also operates autonomous stores, University of Houston, San Jose State University, Polar Park, the home of the Worcester Red Sox and Larry Lucchino. That's deal making issue number one. What did the last couple have in common? Facility, 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 the the house where revenue is generated and teams create value and, and on and on. One of the foremost architects that Build and design the house, and the global director for sports entertainment, convention, urban design, performance, etc. Mark Williams, a friend and a visionary, HKS itself, with 1,300 architects, interior designers, scientists, artists, anthropologists. We'll let Mark talk, but we did our mega interview in a walk and talk around SoFi Stadium, which was an unmitigated hit all around Super Bowl and clearly will be an important component for World Cup Final Four and other events, not to mention uh, the the building of major other facilities that Mark and HKS have involved and been involved in. So without further ado, here's Mark Williams. Ball State and Iowa State, do you ever think years later after, what, 24 years at HKS, you become a an honoree at the american institute of architects uh, the fellowship fellows and then you are the kind of responsible for this building it's a dream isn't
1: yeah it? it is i had no idea i mean i uh had a passion for sports and i had a passion for architecture and i never could imagine they would come together you know and on a stage like this on a global stage like this so it's been fantastic
0: yeah and and frankly global director that's a big deal but hks Global director of venues, and the venues include sports, entertainment, convention, urban design,
1: performance.
0: So, you're responsible the world over for venue types that are really critical to the world's future.
1: We are, and you know, the neat thing is that these venues are molding themselves together. So, that whole list of building types really, in a lot of ways, becomes one uh, destination environment for patrons and fans out there.
0: Yeah, and You are, talk about HKS first, before we do other stuff, uh, 1,300 employees, but all committed to the common purpose of maximizing revenue, environmental sustainability. There are a whole bunch of mandates that you're able to drive a common mission for.
1: We are, you know, and our our designs, our buildings have huge impacts, you know, on the people that use them, the environment uh, that they're sitting in. And we take that to heart and we, spend a lot of time thinking about individuals walking through our spaces using our spaces uh... having memories that last a lifetime after they walk out of our spaces and that's you know a lot of that's what you'll see this weekend there will be seventy thousand plus fans that will remember sunday for the rest of their lives
0: you know what i find incredibly interesting as well is in your promotional material you talk about thirteen hundred employees and it's not it's an architectural firm to be sure but You talk about architects, interior designers, scientists, artists, anthropologists. I mean you're committed to really a diverse group of
1: people. We are and it's important because the bandwidth and touch points as we design these projects is a very wide bandwidth. The climate you know becomes a big component of that. Sustainability is a big component. Demographics are huge so there's a lot of things that come into play uh, when you're designing venues like this.
0: And cross-culturally too so Dallas, London, uh, 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 Dubai, Mexico City, all the US offices, Singapore, Tokyo, uh, it's not just your corner office. No,
1: you know, and again, on Sunday, this is the world stage, you know, and the impact that that has on viewers that are sitting in Shanghai right now or in um, Sydney, Australia right now, they see this venue and they experience the venue, you know, from the broadcast standpoint, but it has an impact on them too. And I think one of the neat things that's happening globally is the venues that are in in, uh, the States, in the United States, you know, they're being recognized and noticed by the rest of the world. And they want to have a piece of that. They want to understand it. They want to bring that to their world as well. So we are there globally to assist partners uh, doing venues like this.
0: We'll talk about the building, because there are some incredibly unique features. But let's talk about the best practices in the history. Uh, I was honored that you guys contributed to our Sports Business Handbook. Re-released soon, 50 (laughs) years of the business and post-pandemic, pre-pandemic, but one of your common themes is the constant and consistent pursuit of excellence and the best practices and the uniqueness. Talk a little bit about that mandate and how that really happens. A lot of people talk about it, but you actually do it.
1: We spend a lot of time up front doing research, uh, studying the region, the demographics, the DNA, at a very deep level and you know historically these buildings have always been the places that people want to go to. They're the magnets for society. You can go back to the Roman Colosseum and the Colosseum was where Rome wanted to be. If you also uh, layer that with the actual buildings, historically a lot of the spaces, um, the environments were not the best environments out there. So people are taken home the best memories in the places they want to be, but the environments might not necessarily be the best environments they're in. So that's part of elevating that. What can people do? What can they see? What can they touch? What can they eat? And elevating that to a much higher level. Core value proposition which is interesting as
0: well. There are a lot of pretenders talk about maximizing revenue, but I've seen you guys work and your first series of meetings is always how do we create and reverse engineer with the revenue to be maximized and kind of design around it. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, if you think about the spaces that we create and the opportunities for people to engage in those spaces, it's a lot more than just a seating bowl that wraps the football field in this case. So we have created a whole series of environments outside of the seating bowl and inside of the seating bowl where people actually have the ability to level up or step up to different environments. So historically, you know, your puppy had three options. You had the lower bowl, you had the upper bowl, and maybe you had a premium environment. And there's a lot of people that probably were only in one of those zones and never moved out of that zone. Financially, they couldn't. We've taken those three steps and made, you know, 12, 15 steps, for example. So now all of a sudden, as you grow a new career and you're able to do certain things, you can step up and experience different things. And there's different touch points. I mean, You know, you can come to this facility, we've got 25 acre park that's got activity and connectivity to what's going on the bowl. We have a 6,000 seat performance venue that's right adjacent to the stadium that can be utilized. So there's a lot of things like that that we try to leverage and people, you know, right or wrong, there's a lot of people like you and I that learned, well, I wanna go there and I wanna sit on the 50 yard line and sit in the lower bowl. But there's a lot of people that are south of our age that may want to experience By it the, a little bit different.
0: The majority of the population.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but they, you know, right or wrong, they want to experience these venues yeah. in a different way. And we've got to make sure that we listen to that and figure out how to design to that. So historically,
0: and you started early, but one of the first buildings we talked about together was the building of the uh, Lucas Oil Stadium in, in Indianapolis take a basketball concept that's driven by basketball, more than most football domes, and you create a facility where you can play Final Fours every three, four years. And it's not just a shoehorn, it's a preference, yeah. in addition to the Colts. So yeah.
1: talk about that for a minute. Well, the thing I love about that is that building is, as you said, as much about creating a large scale basketball environment. You know, I had somebody the other day talk to me and they referenced Henkel uh, Fieldhouse at Butler. Yeah. Wow. You know, and they walked there and they saw, they saw the scaled-up version right. in Lucas Oil of the historic field house at Butler. Okay. So that was a big part. And, you know, probably one of the things I'm most proud of is we changed the dynamics of the Final Four experience, yeah. Yeah. you know, and it was not in a great environment uh, before we did Lucas Oil Stadium. You had half house condition, yeah. a lot of people didn't have good sight lines, you only used 40 or 60 of the, percent of the venue. Now you've got 70,000 people, they've got great sight lines, they have access to everything. It's a great experience. And you know what? When the Colts come in the next day, it feels like this incredible NFL stadium because it is. And that transformation happens and you have no idea that those other configurations would be there. That's new to our industry.
0: It's new to your industry. Talk about AT&T, best stadium billion dollars can buy. Jerry Jones started at X the X plus because you add on, it's not a budget overrun, it's you and Jerry Jones got creative, even more so at the same time. What's the key features of that facility from your perspective?
1: You know, in that facility, the, the uh, premium environments and then also uh, the technology integration. You know, we moved the video board. We talked a lot with the Jones family about uh, the competition, honestly, for yeah. going to a game. And the competition was your very large TV at home and the ability to, uh, you know, have food and beverage and parking and everything else at a much lower price. Yeah. But if you ask that same person where they'd want to be, they want to be there live in the stadium. Right. So we made sure that, that, that the video board that we hung, first of all, we put it in the right spot, I think. You know, that's the first time that's really right. been done in an NFL venue, and we scaled it the right size so that it was better than sitting at home. You know, and the Jones family was extremely proactive. We looked at everything. Yeah. I tell people that the only given with Jerry was that the, it's a hundred yard field and there's two goalposts yeah. at each end. Everything else we looked at. Well,
0: and it's the right group of people to brainstorm this kind of thing. All right, so the best practice evolution, go to Minnesota and U.S. Bank where they had the Super Bowl a few years ago. Looks like a translucent spaceship on the edge of downtown, just incredible. What's what's the evolution of that building?
1: You know, climate was a big component in that. There was a lot of components, but on the climate side, you know, we started out and it's pretty typical to think about, okay, is the building open or is it closed? And if it's closed, it may have an operable component to it. We talked about that at the beginning and where we landed was, you know, the roof on U.S. Bank Stadium is an ETFE roof. Uh, sunlight comes through there and it just washes across the entire seating bowl and creates this incredible environment. So those 70,000 fans in that venue, it may be seven degrees outside. You know the Super Bowl was minus seven. But usually when it's that cold you've got blue skies and great sunlight and that washed across the entire seating bowl and just changed that environment in there. So that's one of many things that we did at U.S. Bank Stadium.
0: Uh, what's the, what's the roof, what's it called again?
1: E.T.F.E. See,
0: it's ladies and gentlemen, this is really important. As a lawyer, here's my answer. It's a roof you see through. <laughs> <laughs> here's the, here's it's, the that, it's that it's too. That
1: too.
0: <laughs> Globe Life, what's the evolution? That's a baseball stadium, but it, uh, it uh, debuted at a World Series, pandemic, you could choose anywhere, Major League Baseball says, we're gonna do it there.
1: A lot of the things that HKS did and introduced to an NFL multi-purpose venue, we really, for the first time, brought that to Major League Baseball in uh, Rangers. So when you go there and you look at the asymmetrical seating bowl, you look at the premium environments, you look at the experiences that baseball fans can have and the connectivity to the game, the connectivity to the field, that is at a new level for Major League Baseball.
0: Yeah. So now let's segue into here. Uh, this is an incredible building. He uh, talked about the first visit that you and the Kroenke family had on this site in 2014. And you got all excited. Yeah. And I know architects would get, but site, site planners get all excited yeah. too. Talk about that.
1: I got extremely excited because when I came here, you know, the Hollywood park racetrack was still here. Yeah. And Mr. Cronkey and I, we climbed to the roof of that existing building. And I saw the Hollywood sign. I saw the ocean. I saw the mountains. And I just knew this was going to be the upper deck. This is going to be where the upper deck patrons are going to view this thing. I saw that. I felt and saw the proximity to LAX. You know, we're two miles from one of the busiest airports in the world. Right. Planes are going over us. They're not a hindrance, sound-wise. Right. You know, And I was concerned about that at the beginning, it's not an issue here, so there was some incredible things. Besides, 300 acres in the Southern California basin, known site, the forums next to us, everybody has their little back ways in and out, you just don't find that. Yeah.
0: And it took a while to turn that vision into reality, now you've got a facility that the entire world will see because of the pandemic last year, could have seen it last year, open last year, but they're really seeing it for the first time. They are. What is the biggest, if you had to rank the takeaways for people that are watching it on TV, what's the one big takeaway they should be looking at and saying, this is an incredible building?
1: You know, I think they're gonna feel and understand the spaces with inside our venue. And I think they're gonna understand and feel the immersion into technology. When you're in the seating bowl, and you see the two-sided oculus. There's nothing else like that center-hung video board that's two-sided that's out there. And then you feel the other layers of uh, technology that we've embedded into the seating bowl. It will impact you when you're in the seating bowl. So that's one huge thing.
0: 80 million people see the facility flying in on the right side of planes one side, the left side of planes another. That was an unintended positive consequence, wasn't it?
1: Well, it was very intended. Okay. And, you know, the, we call that the fifth elevation. Okay. And if you think about you are coming to L.A., you're coming to Southern California, you're coming through LAX, all those people are looking down, their, one of their first impressions, and it, you couldn't have picked a better angle and a better height. Okay. They're looking down on Sofi, SoFi Stadium. And with the pucks that are on the roof and being able to have Um, video on the roof, it is so impactful uh, when you come in and you see that.
0: So a seismic moat, that's a big deal, 12 feet wide and a hundred feet deep so if uh, we get rattled and rolled and shaked with an earthquake, there's no problem, talk about
1: it. We're okay. We, well obviously in this region you have to deal with seismic criteria and you know we we have to meet criteria for a hundred-year event, yeah. so that is designed into this, beta, into this venue, and we've done some very unique things. The columns that you see behind us can actually sway. Yeah. So if you think about like some of those videos of during an earthquake of a bridge oscillating, yeah. we can actually have this venue.
0: Did you have a Rock? Did you have Dwayne Johnson out here to? Kind no. Of know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you know we had to deal with that, and it's it's a neat thing where you feel like. Uh, some requirement could be a hindrance but it actually turns out to be one of the great things about the design so that the way that we establish a design and and that wanting to make that roof as light as possible on those columns is a big thing cost-wise and even just the way that it functions we made sure we did that so there's a lot a lot of uh, neat characteristics of the design that came out of that criteria
0: I figured I would go hundred feet under when I died but now I'm going into this stadium and I'm buying a ticket and I'm going 100 feet under why?
1: You're going 100 feet under because of our proximity to LAX and anything that's built uh, within a certain dimension of, of an airport has to have certain FAA height requirements so we could only go so high and that forced us really to push the building down into the ground and we talked about Cowboys and Colts and and Vikings those are anywhere from 35 to 50 feet below grade so from grade level to the field level 35 to 50 feet behind us we're 100 feet down into the ground so that has uh, this is probably the thing that I worried about the most in the very beginning floods was all of a sudden we have 70 thousand people we have got to take them in at grade and two-thirds of those have got to go down. And most people immediately say, well, okay, that's an elevator, that's escalators, might not be a very good experience to do that. And again, the beauty that came out of that is when you walk around this building, you're gonna see tiered, stepping down canyons, just like you were on the coastline and walking down to the water, except our water is an NFL field. And you have these processions through lush landscaping, through meandering paths, that I think are by far the most incredible entrance into any sporting venue worldwide. I really do. It's that good. And it all grew out of, you know, the planes over our head and yeah. having to make sure we're a certain distance away.
0: One of the problems I have with you, and I've always had this with you, is you're you're not passionate.
1: We're <laughs> passionate about life. Back Look at these buildings. <laughs> there it is. Look at these buildings.
0: A couple more issues as to what. Happens next. I know there's always facilities on your list, and you have more work than you know what to do with. But for those who say this is not an appropriate expenditure of of public uh, time—not even you know the dollars—but public time. These are not public buildings, uh, infrastructure. Uh, dollars shouldn't be spent on this. This is a cost that is unnecessary. What? what Given all of the stuff that's happening in here
1: and what this building
0: looks like, what, yeah. do, you, what do you say to it?
1: I them? have always believed in these buildings. I, I just think the impact that it has on individuals, on families, on communities, and on regions is so powerful. Yeah. Like, it's hard for me to think of something that impacts our experiences more than these buildings. And are they expensive buildings? Yes. Is it expensive sometimes to get a ticket to go into it? Yes and that's why we also think about those that you know how does it, what does it feel like to connect with these buildings in other ways. So I bottom line, you know, am obviously a huge believer in the offerings that these buildings give to people and it's a lot more than what's down there on the field.
0: Mark Williams has a tremendous perspective on facilities not only here but across the globe as well. Let's do uh, our, our weekly uh, sports gambling minute. Maine Well, we've talked about it as being one of the next states in the 35 to 40 range to approve deals, but a bill that advances to legalize sports betting, finally giving Maine's tribes the exclusive rights to operate all mobile sports betting in the state. Casino operators would be allowed to conduct in-person sports betting. House members voted to support the legislation and the legalization of sports betting in Maine and to grant exclusive rights to conduct mobile gaming in the state's indigenous tribes. The two casino operators and harness tracks would be allowed to conduct in-person sport betting under uh, under the bill, but it would not have access to the more lucrative online market. In addition to the mobile betting rights, any compromise would change the way tribes are taxed and encourage more collaboration between the tribes and the state. Looks pretty good for gambling in the in the state of Maine let's now look at the sports tech minute TagBoard's funding grows from 10.3 million for its interactive broadcasting software raised that money to increase its series a investment to 10.3 million they just raised about two and a half TagBoard's cloud production software lets networks add interactive polls and real-time content from social media feeds into broadcasts as well as on-screen QR codes that viewers can scan with their mobile phones to access second screen experiences such as merchandise and sports betting apps. More than 600 brands use TagBoard, including NBC Sports, MLB Network, NFL Network, Turner Sports, Fox Sports, Riot Games, as well as teams and entities such as the Minnesota Vikings and UFC. The company's existing investors include Sinclair Broadcast Group, Greyhawk Capital, Wise Ventures, and others. Finally, not just pandemic, but on a regular basis, good sports. We always talk about that as a major issue and it's bigger than ever. Take a look at this week's issues for example. Uh, Alabama honors their university's first black football players, John Mitchell, Wilbur Jackson. Now the Crimson Ties first black players also share a prominent spot outside Bryant Denny stadium, uh, including the folks that include these uh, uh, individuals, uh, plus during the spring game, statues, uh, honors, plaques, very important. Japanese phenom Rory Roki Suzaki almost did it again, almost tossed his second straight perfect game. The success of Shohei Otani includes the legacy and role models he Instills and uh, I- incentivizes among Japanese athletes. Jokic, 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 Embiid, and the Greek Freak finalized as finalists for the NBA MVP uh, award. The NBA unveils its top three individual awards, and the expected names were obvious. All three were jockeying for uh, position. Uh, There are odds on that, and you can quibble with the exact numbers for the odds, but it represents the general tone of the race. Jokic opened the season at plus 1600. He's leading in Caesar sportsbook, and whatever it is, there'll be significant interest. Police make two arrests in the murder case involving Cowboys Kevin Joseph not been charged, and he spent hours with the Dallas police on Friday being questioned and The department announced on Saturday they move forward with two arrests, Joseph not being one, but clearly this is something that has to be watched in the future. Finally, Doc Rivers said he's not a candidate for the Lakers job because he really didn't appreciate the way Frank Vogel was treated in LA. Uh, Good for Doc Rivers. He's obviously got leverage and he's very well respected in the coaching profession, but there are guaranteed contracts and there are buyouts and payouts, but the profession Uh, has now suggested that there may be some leverage as to how you treat people. On that note, we'd love to thank Mark Williams and HKS for their significant vision and support in putting the podcast together. I'd like to thank Nick Nielsen and others who have worked with me on a regular tireless basis to put the details together. I'd like to thank you all for listening and watching. And join us next time when we go inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, I'm the sports professor, Rick Haro. Speak with you soon. Action Images is the global multimedia sports agency of Reuters. Leagues, teams and federations
1: around the world rely on Action Images to create, distribute and monetize their content. Action Images' global footprint means sports media expertise
0: is never far away. For more information, visit actionimages.com.